Hi, I'm Liz. Hi, I'm Marie. And this is Mock It, a podcast for MetroStar, where we take a deep dive look into design thinking, trending UX topics, and making our work transform the government. Let's get started. So for today's episode, we're going to be covering when UX teams go remote, can we create successful, innovative designs while being virtual? And the short answer, yes. Yeah, do you want to go? No, I was, gonna, oh. I was just going to ask you. I was going to say, so Marie, how did we do when we went virtual? Yes. How did we do it? Um, so I'm going to steal a little bit from you, right? We were all in the office like everyone else. I kind of had a double whammy that day being in lacrosse season. Um, so we all left the office that day. Um, ours was a little bit more sketchy because we also weren't sure if somebody also had uh, tested positive or not for COVID. Um, fortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, weird situation to talk about now like they did not have COVID but they have like other medical issues but it was questionable at the time right with COVID being so new um right they're healthy now um anyways where I coach right they caught up and all of my kids also went home that day that or they told them that night after practice because I had told them like after practice grab everything to go home to have your computers your books everyone's going to be done until spring break. Because at that point, before we all knew we were going to be coming up on two years in March, um, we were all like, oh, they'll definitely, because it was like, great, the 14 days, so they'll do the two weeks before spring break, spring break, and probably another week, and like, kaput, COVID's gone. Obviously, that's not what happened, but I like that's where my brain was at when we got that news. Um Oddly enough, I know it's like March 13th because I just love Friday the 13th when they occur. I don't know if that is also when it happened or maybe it was like Thursday the 13th, but it was on a 13th towards the end of the week. Yeah, and I think um, and, and I think that our company was actually like really in line with like whenever it was that Friday that yeah. like really everyone was like, oh, we, we have to go into, like, our companies have to go into quarantine. Yeah. It was like the weekend DMV shut down. Yeah, because I remember um, my wife was Ubering home, and on her Uber home from her office at, like, 9 o'clock, the, the, her company was yeah. like, don't, like, don't come in. Like, yeah. Grab your laptop and go. So that I think a lot of companies were under that stipulation that, all right, we'll ride this out for two weeks. The school's maybe a month, you know, yeah. like, depending upon how spring break fell. Uh, so, and it was funny timing for our, our team because we had just started this huge UX research yes, project. We had done, we had started a couple card sorts in person. Yeah. And I remember that like in our conference room, we had, we had like physical flashcards. So for those, um, who might be new to this, um, this terminology, a card sort is, what it sounds like basically what you do is you um on flashcards a, a mm-hmm. physical card sort i had to say physical <laughs> right. versus versus digital now but you write out um there are a lot of ways you can do it the way we did it is on each each physical flashcard was represented a page on the website so like about learn more you know contact yeah. us resources stuff like that and what you have is you have, there are a couple ways to do it. You can do a closed card sort where you give people what the headers are going to be for how they should group this information. Like these pages go under 
resources. Yeah, resources. Yeah, these go under about. Exactly. Or an open card sort is basically like you give people a stack of flashcards and they can organize it in any way they want. Like they might put about under resources. That, that just might be Or how. just a brand new header. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and to Marie's point, we also allowed people to write in stuff if they mm-hmm. if something was missing. So we were in our conference room and had flashcards out like laying out and we have pictures of yeah. of like an aerial picture above the the, the uh, tables. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny to think back at that. And we have gotten we had set up uh, several of of these interviews mm-hmm. and card sorts and maybe had done two Three? Two or three. And that was our biggest thing was like, oh, crap, how do we stay like in line with our timing of all of these card sorts, right? Because you want to be respectful of your user's time, um, right? We didn't want to have to like reschedule and right, even though the, like the whole world was a hot mess trying to figure it out, right? You're trying to be professional, keeping it all together, you know, being like a duck with your feet going crazy under the water and you look calm and cool and floated <laughs> on top. That's a great visual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so our company is not, we're not a remote to hire yeah. company. People, some projects might be remote. Some people might have been remote. Um, but for the most part, projects went into their, either to the um, uh, yeah. the headquarters of, <laughs> of the company or their satellite offices pending what their particular client was. And so moving remote was, you know, our, our company is very up on technology and it's not that we didn't do this transition very quickly. It's just that a lot of people were going into the office. It was more of an in-person company than remote. Yeah. Right. Like we have the flexibility, but right. We, right. In the time when we could go and do stuff in person, we were happy and willing to go to the different um, sites to conduct these in person, right? Because there's so much you learn from people's body language. Um, but, right, we also were able to, we were, like, I would say, like, partially remote as well because some days people would work from home and not much would, like, there wouldn't be much of a hiccup. Or, um, like I mentioned, like, there's the headquarters here or on site. Um, Liz and I could be in different offices but still be in sync. But, right, like, you're managing that for a day, one day's worth of work. Um now we're switched into like all of a sudden we need to keep doing all of our usability testing i'm sorry not usability testing um user testing but remote and everyone's remote so what are what are our users like home situations what is their internet how do we do something that there's all these resources online about how to do them in person how do we do this virtually Um, And Liz, do you want to go? Because you were the one to find our first, like, (laughs) grassroots, immediate, like, how we got right back into it. Like, because we had another one, like, the following day or maybe on that Monday. Maybe we had Friday. Yeah, we our turnaround time was very quick Quick. for for putting up something. So, yeah, like, just like what Marie said, there are a lot of different tools that you could have used. And a lot more have come up in the last two years. Mm -hmm. So right when this happened... You know, it's great to be able to access these things, but, you know, there's budget things that go into buying these things. There's research that, you know, do you want to use this platform versus this platform versus this platform and doing that analysis as, like, your own team, but then, like, working with the PMs and then, like, the larger budget at hand and stuff like that. So that wasn't something that... 
with the time frame that we had, like we were in the middle of it. Like we had to go. There was no time waiting for budgeting. Yeah. Or like approvals. So we had to think of tools that were free, that were accessible by people regardless of if they were on a government issued computer mm -hmm. or it just like your the home setting that's the, yeah. the home office that's a really good yeah. point um, also didn't require an additional login yeah right we just moved into this whole virtual remote world and we don't know the level of comfortability so we don't want to impact our tests by having them started starting out frustrated or additional steps yeah, so there there are so many things that like we thought about, and so what we ended up doing is this this homegrown grassroots situation is we actually ended up coming up with a system on Google Sheets, mm -hmm. which um, for those that don't know, Google Sheets is um, it's basically a, an online Excel mm -hmm. sheet that's uh, it's collaborative, and it can either be accessed through having depending upon the there are some different levels like viewer, editor, and contributor. So we needed to make sure that we could have a view link and an editor link and a, con mm -hmm. a contributor link depending upon who was accessing what. And we needed it to be open, just as Marie said, so we didn't have to have people log in. And also we were very careful with the proprietary information that we, we had on this. We did not have any proprietary information. Yeah. The Anything that we were doing was already accessible from our company's website. Yeah. So, so it, anything was already, it was public information, just like yeah. Maury said. So there wasn't um, a security issue that we had to consider with what we were doing. Mm -hmm. So from there, what we did is we basically like treated each like Excel cell as a flashcard. And then uh, we went through and kind of came up with a new script of like, here's how you move the Excel. You know, on one mm -hmm. column we had like your flashcards, and on the other, like the blank, like the blank Excel sheet, could be how you would place your cards, just like you would on a table in a physical setting. So there was a little bit of, um, I think, adjustment period for a few things. Like one, we were using a new script, and like really, we didn't have any experience on how people were going to take mm -hmm. using this new system. So like we had to take in information and learn on the fly of like, okay, this is a good explanation. Let's nix this for next time. Here's how we can kind of, um, here's maybe how we should label things. So it's a little bit yeah. easier, like the tabs on the bottom. Yeah. And I think, I don't remember in detail, but I know we tested it out with our PMs or we did test it out with someone else because the plan we were going in, and I think it speaks to, right, being remote means you you need to be adaptive, right? Being in this field, right, we need to be iterative. We had to now start including an example of card sorts because we weren't there physically with a person to, you know, mimic, like, moving stuff around. And then we also wanted to give an example that also doesn't influence how they might move one of the actual cards into a category, um, so right, we had like a, a menu, a restaurant menu as an example. Musical instruments. And musical instruments had the intro and our user got to watch the screen and watch someone do and organize the cards within Excel, which I thought was really helpful in them. Kind of, you know, learning on the fly in like that, those five minutes, oh, this is what you expect of me. This is what I can expect of, right? Because everyone cares about if they're doing it right. Um, 
I don't know how many times we've had in our user tests, like, oh, I hope that was the right answer. Yeah. Um, like, we're always saying, like, we're not testing you. Like, we're yeah. really, like, we're testing your reaction to what we've done. It's, it's like, testing us, not, not you. Yeah. But and, so that was helpful, I think, in creating comfortability. Yeah. And it, just as a, like, a quick caveat, we... Um, our project already had screen sharing abilities mm-hmm. with um, with our client, so that was something that was already like well established into the into the project. So that did work in our favor. That it wasn't we were a little bit ahead of the curve in the sense of um, sometimes we were remote just in general with our client before quarantine. So we had that baseline of like yeah. we can log into you know this call and and, and it will be fine. And then um, I think we are lucky that. Our, our PM is able to act as like a, a normal person mm-hmm. who we would be talking to. And so it really takes out any, you know, it's hard to test within your own team because you're testing like something that you've all put like together. You have the background knowledge. Yeah. So that, w- that was super helpful. So if you're ever in this situation, definitely test out with someone who's on your team, but may not be directly involved in the pr- preparation of whatever mm-hmm. you're testing. Cause then that, you know, there are no hurt feelings or any bias that come in just from like your knowledge of putting something together. Yeah. I think that bias part, right. You don't already kind of prescribe, know what your end goal is. So I know how to do it because that's how we set it up. Right. We were testing that someone who didn't know our end goal or how we, you know, thought it would go if they did it in lines or if there was like a big red flag of like, this is a blocker or a frustration. What do we do to resolve that? So, Virtual meetings. My gosh, I think if there are any scrum masters that might never drop in on this, (laughs) they can understand the awkward silence um, that you get from folks, especially when you're like dropping a question. Um, So virtual meetings, it's definitely, oh, they're comical in my, to my heart. Um, I've learned a lot of great strategies from, we had uh, the women in tech panelists talked about how, both also as touching back on inclusivity to make sure everyone's voices are heard, but I found it really helpful as a tactic to do in virtual is specifically calling out on people's names, right? Sometimes in projects and stuff, right, like we're reviewing something from the UX team and having a collaboration meeting with our developers and like if I'm not getting a response, like I need a verbal yes to even, like I'm not making the assumption that in that silence is a yes. Um, so we have lots of fun catchphrases. I say lots of really stupid things. They're not stupid. They're very, they're very, um, they're very encouraging to strike conversation. Yeah. They're very, they're like stupid in the, like the funny sense. Like I'll make a, I don't know, like a, a silly reference to something. Um, Bueller is one of my favorite in the silences. Um, and that does usually get someone. So great. Cause I want to break the silence, but I don't want it to be intimidating. So I make a fool of myself. At least the silence is first broken with laughter. And then, you know, it, we really set the bar low on you can't say anything worse than what I just did. Um, we also have like a silence is a scent that we say. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, quoting our PM on that one. Yes. <laughs> quoting her. Um, I'll ask for yays and nays. Like go back to the good old days of like, you know, like the George Washington movies and stuff from cartoons. Like when. Um, like I said, they're really s- stupid and silly, but it's a way to bring like virtual meetings lighthearted. And I think it helps like 
bring people back in because you're like, oh my gosh, I was on this meeting. Oh wait, they were laughing. Wait, or what? What in the world did my coworker just say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think you're like you're good on them in all in a lot of in like all meetings, Ely. But um, especially like the retros, um, yeah. making sure that everyone's voice is heard if they want to add like a kudos, something to start, stop, or continue doing. You make sure that it, everyone has contributed at least like something to one of those buckets. Yeah, so I think that's how we've made large group meetings work. Um, we've also gotten into, we've now, right, with that budgeting and timing, um, have in our now going into like year two of the pandemic, at least year two of our research, do have uh, software like Optimal, um, which I'm a fan of. We use Miro, and there's also Mural. Mural? Mural. Yeah, yeah. It's, those are Very crazy similar. product names. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're a fan of Miro, and I mean, even how we've used it from the beginning going into remote collaboration to now, like our first round of research, uh, we had a separate board from everything, and I think now a lot of it, we just continue it in that one space, which has been really nice and a good evolution of our understanding of remote collaboration. Uh, I'll let Liz speak to this. One of our favorite activities as a team is affinity mapping. Ah, thanks. Yeah, I was excited about this one. So, yeah, I think one of the things that actually worked out super well for us is when quarantine hit and we didn't have some of these resources, we did a lot of analysis by hand. Our, our Yes. Especially, like, one of our colleagues did a lot by hand using different Excel sheets and really, like, different forms of um, finding user feedback and, and patterns within it. But one of the things that we did do, which I thought worked out, super well and we've done it a few different times mm -hmm. um, as we've kind of matured in our different user testing and um, customer and, and stakeholder interviews is we do an affinity mapping which is what Marie just said and affinity mapping is basically all of you take all of like the phrases mm -hmm. that people say and you kind of like put them into like bite-sized pieces in in a physical setting you would put it on a sticky note like a physical like real real life sticky note but Miro is cool because they're digital sticky notes. Yeah, they look like one. Exactly. And you can, like, color coordinate them. You can make text big. You, you can, like, really, like, make it how you want it to look. Yeah. And um, what we did is we put all of these, like, one-liner nuggets that we found from everyone, and, and we put them into these little sticky notes. And then we just basically, like, what happens is you have this, like, big blob of, like, feedback. There's no rhyme or reason to it it's just like a blob of feedback that everything is just like you know there and then what you do is you start to look at like someone is like i liked xyz then you're like oh this other per there's another sticky mm -hmm. note that's like i liked xyz then like you kind of um like you look for keywords like mobile yeah training uh, whatever was yeah. like your topic exactly and like you kind of naturally like um, patterns form like you like group these like quote-unquote sticky notes together and then from there what you do is like once you group everything together um, and the, and there could be a couple outliers like mm -hmm. that that happens with every with everything yeah. that's that's not um, uncommon or that's not a mistake if, if this is like a first time that you're doing it that's totally normal and you can kind of as you create um, like bucket items and categories you can kind of see if those outliers like fit or you just have an outlier section and that's totally cool yeah it's just more information for you moving forward yeah um, 
writing some of ours have led to our further research. Right? Yeah. And I think um, what works so well with that is it was super cool. Like Miro is just a cool tool because all of us could be in it. Mm -hmm. And people like it was fun to see like people moving their little stickies around. And then like, you know, I'd see Marie put like whatever topic in the left hand corner. So I'd be like, oh, I'll go over there. Or like no one grabbed something. So I was like, I'll just put it in like the bottom middle. Like, you know, and then it people you kind of like see what other people are doing at the same time so you you don't necessarily like start a new category by accident or if you do you're like oh let me just plop these over here it's like no big deal so I just like I think that was like such like a I love doing that activity because I think it's it's also like a really big team bonding activity because you're on the call together I was gonna say we have to mention that this entire time we were on teams calls and I think we just had so much information it was two days of two hours Right, and even on the team calls, sometimes it was just quiet with us working together, kind of like if you were in person together. Yeah, exactly. I think that was just like, like such a great like. I felt that like that was it was like a really great like confidence boosting moment mm-hmm. for our team because I was like, we got this. Yeah. Like things like just because we're virtual, like we are on top of this. Like things are going smoothly. Like, th- like, patterns are emerging, like, yeah, so I thought that, yeah, so thanks for, like, talking about that, I was, like, yeah. one, that was, like, one that I really liked doing, I thought that was, um, that was, like, so fun. I, I really, I really recommend that activity for anyone in, the, in, who's doing UX research and has some feedback from users either through, you know, conversations or, um, you know, specific interviews and more structured interviews. It's a great way to, like, team bond, it's a great way to you're a team of one it's a great way to, to categorize categorize mm-hmm. your information and like find these nuggets that marie is talking about yeah and i think that whole right we had a purpose of being on a call for two hours you know and not people just being home in their spaces you know because being virtual could potentially be like a lonely situation you know you could be on a team of 20 but if you're not you know humans need interaction and communication so if we're not finding ways to do that so it was a good way of we had a purpose of being on for two hours and like either being quiet or like hey I have this like observation what do you guys think of it like or you know we would work through the I statements and the categories um all together um so I think that was really good and that I do want to talk about right we did these activities without video sharing ourselves um because I know early on in the pandemic there's like that talk of zoom fatigue and i think something our team which i would totally recommend we just because we had the capabilities of sharing our screen i mean sharing our video didn't mean that we did it and i think a lot of that was also because we do a lot of screen sharing um right from the agile ceremonies i'm usually sharing my screen of something out of jira to help us move forward um, and that our meetings always had um it wasn't like one of those like a meeting in prep of a meeting, right? It was uh, here's our meeting, like the goal of the meeting is this and that every meeting has had some kind of ac- outcome. Whether it was the desired outcomes we were looking for, like affinity mapping, we wanted to get that all together or okay, what are our, what are our takeaways to move forward so that this meeting isn't a dud? Um, and I know we've mentioned earlier like on our team's regular basis, the only meeting that we put video on is happy hour every two weeks. And I think that has made remote collaboration work for us because we're yeah. not tired. 
not having those weird psychological events of like looking at yourself or like worried about what's going on those things that we don't think about in person happen to us remotely because we're just their calls just like if Liz was in a different office from me right I would just call her I wouldn't have to call her get on screen for her to see me um we just needed the voice and whatever was on our screen yeah I think that's totally right that's um you're totally right that that has worked out very well for our team and I know Mm -hmm. that other teams they get a lot of value out of doing video calls Mm -hmm. and maybe our team maybe we meet more than other teams do but we've really the the screen sharing has been more effective than yeah it's for producing some task and goal you know something to then what is the next step yeah I don't know if this happens to you, but when I'm on camera, I'm like, I feel like I like had to sit very properly. I have to like make sure I'm like not doing anything weird. I'm not like, I'm like, if I like grab a drink, I'm like, how am I drinking? Yeah. Like, am I on mute? Like, and then like sometimes Tate will like walk across me and like, like, okay, people don't need to see my little dog. Like, right. Or like I have my son will like pop in or out and I can be on mute and be like, what do you need? Okay, great. Da, da. But like, it's not distracting to the meeting. I don't feel self-conscious. Yeah. And like, I snack a lot. So like, I don't need people seeing like how many Reese's I'm going through in a day. <laughs> like, you know, that's right. Like... Which is so funny because in person, like we don't care about these things, but there is something about remote collaboration that like, and maybe because right, we're in our home. So it feels more intimate and like, great. Right, it's not a safe space, like coming to the office. Yeah, or, like, what's your background? Like, if you forget to yeah. put up, like, a background or the blur or whatever, you're like, oh, like, do I want my boss seeing, like, this painting I have? I mean, I don't I don't know. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. You know. But it is a more intimate space that, like, you're having people come into that probably, like, would never see it, right? Yeah, like, I remember one time um, it, it, I was at – Aaron and I were spending the week at my parents. So my parents live very close to where Aaron and I live, Um but we were we were spending a couple of days at their place because it was election week and yeah you know we live close to downtown so we didn't, you know so we went to my parents for a couple couple of days and um, it was one of the happy hour it was like the Friday the happy hour and I was definitely in my childhood bedroom <laughs> and I was like well to my boss I was like oh Kathleen this is my childhood bedroom <laughs> and I was like I was getting like, personal now yeah I'm like <laughs> I don't know what to like you know because. You know, my my dad um, was in like the office. My mom was in her office. Mm-hmm. Aaron like took over the dining room with her yeah. her thing. So like, I mean, I don't mind. Like, I had like no problem like being displaced. But I was also like, mm, this is like getting to know Liz today. Yeah. Happy hour. Yeah. Checking like, out her childhood. I was like, this is like very like, you know. And I, like again, we had like a close knit team. So like, I wasn't embarrassed of like like embarrassment. But I was also like is like my boss like yeah. I want to be somewhat like professional <laughs> some degree of separation yeah please. exactly <laughs> but I think like even even in these scenarios like it just brings like people closer because you can like kind of mm-hmm. like laugh about these things or like you know like I said on a previous podcast like our team they hear a cat they hear a kid they hear a dog like people are you know very understanding and it's and it's like kind of like more like it, it brings like a lightheartedness mm-hmm. to to these virtual meetings that I think you kind of lose sometimes like because you don't have like the water cooler you don't have like these yeah. like funny things that happen in person 
Yeah, so, so. they help mimic that. Well. Um, yeah, so I also want to talk about how we also, and it might sound crazy to some people, but that you and I will also, if we haven't had a lot of meetings in that week because it's a lot more heads down work, how we will just get on a team's call because we had a quick question to check in, but that like we've spent like four hours on an open call, but not necessarily chatting or working together that entire time. Yeah. I think that's worked well for us. Um, it's been it's been really nice, like just from like you know like a friendship standpoint, like, and also sometimes just like you were saying, like we're not necessarily working on something together together, mm-hmm. but it's nice to be able to be like, hey, like does this look okay? Like yeah, does this make sense? Even if like you know you're on your thing and I'm on my thing, you know, just like a quick screen share, mm-hmm. and it's just like nice to like mimic that. Yeah, Yeah, like that in-person, like sitting in the same like area or if you're next to each other, um, right? We were able to, we were working and doing our own thing and clicking around, doing whatever tasks we needed to do, but like also talking about like, oh my gosh, did you see that article or like, this is the crazy thing Tate did or the crazy thing Joe did, like, but still being able to work because you do have those conversations in an office space. Um, Yeah, and I think, like, the art of the office or, like, the art of, like, the quote-unquote water cooler, like, we yeah. have found ways to to build those in in a, in a um, virtual world. And I, and I will say we did have the luxury of, like, our team for the, mo- for the majority of us knows each other from, like, mm-hmm. from before quarantine. So I think that that's something that if you are new to your team, that's something that you have to, like, sort of, like, yeah. make an effort to do to or like to do yeah and I think we noticed that because we onboarded one of the members to the UX team um in December or sometime November or December and we were very aware of it and right it pushes us right like I'm totally fine being on an hour long or like four hour long call with you um but right we made sure that we were aware of it right new teammate how do we mimic if they were coming into the office and you know, kind getting to shadow people and stuff. How do we mimic that virtually? And I think we had to get out of our comfort zone with a stranger. Well, you know, we liked them from the interview and we wanted them on the team, but right there, a stranger, yeah. um, and bring them in to those shadowing calls or just being on calls with them. Um, and that's where I've also liked Miro a lot because, right, I could work with them online about whatever it was, and it wasn't just me screen sharing and leading because I'm controlling it from whatever desktop app, but Miro allowed that they could also contribute at the same time, um, which I think was really nice for onboarding. Yeah, I, that's a good point with um, with the screen share and, mm-hmm. and the shadowing and, and like, making sure that people do have that mentorship. Because yeah. I think that's, it's hard to, you know, go into a new environment where, you, like, it is hard for anyone going, like, my wife started a new job in the middle of quarantine, you know, yeah. it's, it's intimidating no matter like what this yeah what what the scenario is and like you really have to like push yourself to be like be my friend right and I now think about I think we had two people and we were really cognizant but yeah I think it's being aware of that and like virtual meetings also with the fact that we don't screen share so that's helped with the pro of not having that screen share I mean video share fatigue right I have to call out on people because it's also a really easy way for people to hide not maybe hide sounds bad, but like for them to like fall back, you know, be not have their voices heard, uh, not get invested 
in where you're going. And I think that's really important um, for teens to have is that full buy-in, that full investment. So everyone's gears are clicking and problem solving and providing great input. Um, and that's something you need to be aware of with us not video sharing. Like, and that's why I found calling on everyone was really important. Um, even having like follow-up calls after a meeting if I haven't heard from them or like, hey, just wanted to check in with you on this. Yeah, it's, it's funny, like, so as we mentioned, the, the one meeting that we do videos yeah. is, our, is our happy hour. And it's funny, like, you, so like we have, a, we have a, another new teammate, not on our project, but not on the UX team. And, like, talking about, like, heights of people. Yeah. <laughs> like, they are a tall person. But, like, you wouldn't necessarily, like, know you did not pick sitting. it up. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been, um, I th- you know, those, um, the when we do use videos, people are, like, more engaged because mm-hmm. it's, like, you know, they're not tired from seeing our faces all the time. And then we can, like, you know, and yeah. these happy hours are definitely, like, very free-flowing like some of them are like funny conversations like we talk about anything from like superhero movies to like cars to like pets and kids come up a lot just because you know our our uh, team we like kids and a and lot of people yeah, yeah people have pets and people really like pets on our team so that's been fun yeah. um but we it, played games yeah. too but. yeah so it's just been a i think that that has worked out well, and especially if, if maybe your team is seeming like a little bit Zoom fatigued, this might be a way. Like it is definitely mm-hmm. very possible to have a successful team and a successful project by just doing calls without videos. Um, yeah, having a mix. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like a hundred percent on video. Yeah. Uh, any hardships that we've had to overcome? Yeah, the grassroots option of the card sorts. Um, <laughs> but that example is just, like, right, like, no matter where you're at or what problem, like, there is, like, right, that first iteration of our stuff that you can do and achieve really fast. Um, right, they talk about usability testing with just paper prototypes. So that was, like, the digital version. Um, I think even when we moved into Miro and doing card sorts there, there were hardships in figuring out the login thing became a thing again and we had some other things to work around that um the analysis i think was yeah like super fun yeah (laughs) i hope everyone heard the sarcasm (laughs) learned a lot that was a good character building moment (laughs) that's that's such a positive spin on it yeah i think that was definitely something from from a team standpoint even like onboarding new people I think we did, I, we've done well with that because we've been yeah. really cognizant of, like, exa- everything you said, like, doing screen sharing, doing, yeah. like, things to make people feel welcomed and um, get the shadowing um, experience that they need. Because no matter what level you are, coming into a, coming into a new job, you don't know what you're going to do. You don't, like... Right? And it's, like, right, we're in UX and having empathy for our users, quote-unquote, but it's, like, great right, empathy for a new person. We just don't want anyone to have a terrible experience. No, I, uh, I think this is a, a great topic that we've talked to. And, and for those organizations that um, or people who are considering going full time remote, it, it can be a really great positive experience. And there are definitely some things that you'll overcome and then you'll you'll learn some different tools that will work well for your team. And I think that's, um, you know, there are a lot of positives that have come out of 
being remote and uh, like don't be intimidated yeah and if you want to talk to us about any of them you can always reach out to us at metrostar.com yeah so this is mock it uh don't forget to subscribe share with your friends and join us next time uh just like marie said as always if you're interested in learning more about how government and tech collide visit metrostar.com and reach out to us